1: Happy Wednesday to you folks. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies, and thank you folks for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up on today's episode, we talk with Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consulting about their expansion into West Texas and their new hires, how they're also expanding into the Pittsburgh area as well, a little East Coast action there in Eagle Ford still in 2019. Robbins is also a finalist in the Northeast Oil and Gas Awards. So he was a consultancy of the year he was up for. So we'll ask him about that as well. And then we talk with Wayne Christian, Railroad Commission of Texas. Talks about the millennials, the retirees, and the oil and gas industry, what the impacts are there. He also talks about some facts and fictions related to climate change and how we view it as a society. He then goes into a little bit of a monologue with the integrity of oil and gas industry. So, outstanding interview with Wayne Christian coming up a little later in the program. All right, my name is Jason Spies. This is, what do we got here? Oh yeah, the Multimedia Cafe. That's where we're at today. Sometimes, you know what, there's so much stuff going on, I get confused where we're at, what's going on, and I need a little help. So, this is the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies.
2: Here my hands are holding here in my side Whenever you fall in the dead of night Whenever you call in, please don't fight These hands that are holding you here My hands are holding you Here in my side,
1: my hands are holding you
3: Jason Speece the most trusted voice in the Bakken.
1: I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consulting.
4: Stephen Robbins, Royal Creek Consulting.
1: Outstanding. Thank you for joining the program today. And uh, first of all, how are you doing?
4: I'm doing great, Jason. It's a beautiful morning here in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, and uh, we're just living the dream.
1: Now, last time that we spoke, you were looking at maybe expanding a little bit, maybe taking on some new business type of things. So we thought we'd check in and see if you have any new hires that have happened.
4: Absolutely, Jason. So we've uh, since we've last spoke, we have hired a new salesperson in the uh, West Texas region, and uh, we're very excited about this new hire and what they bring to the table. Um, and in addition to that, we're actually expanding in the uh, southwestern Pennsylvania region um, there around Pittsburgh. We're, we're actively looking for a new manager or salesperson there as well.
1: So you're actively, you're, you're searching right now, you're in the midst of hiring, so to speak. Yes, sir. Oh, well, give yourself a plug. How can people uh, apply and, you know, kind of give the job description of what, what it is you're looking for?
4: all right perfect yeah so we're looking for an experienced salesperson with management skills uh preferably sales within the oil and gas industry within the last two years or for a minimum of two years and uh you can reach me um at my cell phone at 540-742-1291 or they can send their resume to me at s robbins at royalcreekconsulting.com and uh we'll be glad to review those and uh get back to people
1: and where was that again
4: that'll be in the uh pittsburgh area
1: okay. pittsburgh pennsylvania okay thank you very much all right kind of fun huh being able to um have the social media and the you know radio waves and all these different things that um can be done in the old days it used to be just a newspaper ad and then it was online uh, resume sites now, boy, I tell you, it it's almost seems like uh, social media and LinkedIn and things like that are the places that people almost go to for jobs. Absolutely. of course. That's you got, right. You got job fairs too and everything along those lines. Man, I tell you, you got to go a lot of different avenues to try to uh, uh, engage with in, in a future prospective employees these days, huh? How long did it take yep. you guys to hire down in Texas, if I may ask?
4: It took us uh, about six weeks
1: okay, um,
4: from start to finish. It took us right around six weeks
1: okay well and then that was was that too too long a time too quick what was your thoughts on that timeline that seems about just right to me yeah
4: so we had a lot of qualified candidates apply for the position but um, we wanted to take our time and vet each person and each candidate properly and uh that's what i think ultimately took us uh the the time um and so uh, we probably could have hired a lot sooner, but we wanted to make sure we found the the best candidate for the position.
1: And now are you still going out to the Permian and, and traveling around, or are you going to focus a little bit more on some other shale plays? Or talk to me about how your role is going to uh, um, kind of play in this company a little bit more. The Because, um, you know, now that you're doing new hires, of course, that means that frees up time to do some of that stuff that nobody likes to do. <laughs>
4: absolutely so for now we're gonna stay the course and as as we see things developing i'll throttle back on my side and uh apply my time into other areas of our business and uh interest and uh but right now we're going to stay the course
1: how about any of the other areas that you guys have going on i know we've talked about some rental fleets in the past some things like that uh any expansion around there
4: yeah so that's what we're ultimately excited about right now is uh we have our 10k cyclonic sand separators and business has been very phenomenal we've been blessed uh beyond measure and uh that's nothing short of the grace of god there and uh we're very excited about our rental fleet because we're we're getting ready to expand into a new product line that uh no one has on the market and we've done a lot of r&d we spent the last about five and a half months in R&D on it, and uh, we've done some beta testing, so to speak, and we've had a lot of good feedback from customers, um, our current customers who need this product as well as potential customers. So I would like to see this product hit by the end of Q2, beginning of Q3, and if it does, it'll be a game changer.
1: And describe that product a little bit. You said a sand separator.
4: So our current uh, product line are sand separators. So uh, we use those on the flowback and well testing uh, side of uh, well servicing. But these, uh, our new products, are uh, applied more in completions.
1: Okay, that sounds pretty exciting. Are you guys? I imagine you got some big stuffs planned for those. Oh, yes, sir. All right. Uh, are you making it to any trade shows these days?
4: Uh, <clears throat> I haven't been to a trade show lately. Uh, the latest show that we were at was two weeks ago in Pittsburgh <laughs> at the
1: Northeast yeah. Oil and Gas Awards. Yeah, it was t- two weeks ago, but, you know, it's been a while. In the oil and gas bi- d- business these days, it seems like there's a trade show every day, so that was, why it was kind of comical for me. Hey, weren't you guys up for an award?
4: Yeah, we were finalists for consultancy of the year and uh, we had some pretty stiff competition and we were very humbled and blessed to even be considered one of the finalists of the three. So uh, uh, it was, uh, for our first time ever being in an award show, it was pretty amazing and uh, very exciting.
1: First time in an award show, huh? And, And what award show was this?
4: It was the 2019... Northeast Oil and Gas Awards.
1: Okay, Northeast Oil and Gas Awards. That's got to make you guys feel pretty good as a company first year getting some validation like that. You now now you didn't win it, you were a finalist. And so, right? Is it did I hear you right? That is correct. Okay, well, e- either either way, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, just you can't win the title the first time, I guess, you know, it's just nice to be invited to the title match. So, uh, I imagine your, your wife's got to be happy about that too, because I know she's, she's involved pretty heavily in these companies.
4: She, she is. Uh, it, was a, it was a great opportunity for her and I to.
1: Mr. Stephen Robbins, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause, and we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consulting. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. <laughs>
2: sour in a moment one lay dead a tear trickled on down my face and blood poured
0: Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe.
1: My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe. Place where you never know who you are going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consulting.
4: She, she is. Uh, it was a it was a great opportunity for her and I to associate and uh, network with uh, fellow colleagues. Um, that typically doesn't get to happen a lot. We are always on separate ends of the uh, country. It seems when it comes to networking events, and so. Um, It was great to finally prove to people that I have a hot wife.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well said, well said. Uh, What are you hearing from uh, some of your customers working in the industry these days? I like to get the boots on the ground uh, kind of vibe and feel and that sort of thing. And um, some of the chatter that's going on. I know a lot of people that work in offices, they love to hear what some of the guys in the rigs are saying and and vice versa the guys in the rigs they want to hear what's going on in the offices and um that sort of thing so i mean you you're kind of doing both you know you're out there and boots on the ground but also you're back at the office too so uh just in your world you know what are you hearing as far as you know oil prices 2019 you know uh, like for example the thing i'm hearing mostly is the uh environmental cleanup game is turning into a Hatfield McCoy's type uh internal competitiveness It's becoming very competitive let's put it that way so you know as everybody sharpens their their um their their pricing I remember the frac sand industry you remember two years ago went through that where it seemed like the uh, oil companies were really kind of using that industry as a way to save save a few bucks. So um yeah. anyway, uh, I I kind of just gave that as an example of a few past things that have happened, but just what are you hearing kind of um just, you know, scuttlebutt and and uh chatter that's happening out in your world?
4: So it's uh it's pretty consistent across the board through all the different show plays that we're in and uh, uh companies right now are a little in, more of a holding pa- pattern than they are a growing pattern just waiting on to see what this oil price is going to do i know it hit above 60 the other day then it was back below 60 dollars a barrel so um i've seen some rigs get laid down i've seen some rigs get picked up by different operators so um i think across the board q1 we're going to see a holding pattern and uh i'm optimistic that q2 q3 is going to be better than they were last year
1: I know that's what a lot of the experts predicted last year as well. You know, the first first quarters you're not going to see as much, but then second and third you're going to see it kind of take off a little bit. So uh, it's it's fun fun to see because it's happening like they said, and they're not always right, of course. But it's kind of fun to see when they they, they do get a few right. So um, yeah, interesting. To, I'm I'm kind of seeing the same thing. There's a lot of a lot of optimism, a lot of this and a lot of that, but it's um you're seeing increases happen in drilling so you're not seeing decreases and that's a good thing you know that's a good thing that um the optimism is there for a reason it's not just kind of you know hope <laughs> it's more right rea- it's more reality so but it's not it's not how ha- you know it's not the boom days of the old the uh, the whatever it's just there's business out there and you just got to go and you know make a better steak sandwich at the end of the day that is correct So what do you guys got going next now? You got expansion, you got hires, and uh, just kind of, um, you know, we'll kind of wrap up and summarize a little bit. So uh, what's next for you guys? And uh, talk to me a little bit about what you want to leave with uh, today, people knowing.
4: Well, um, to summarize, we we have grown in West Texas. We've grown a lot in southwestern Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Ohio. And uh, next on the agenda is to actually tackle South Texas there in the Eagleford and uh that'll be a q2 probably end of q2 is what we're looking at um agenda and so once we firm up west texas with our new hires and then same with uh pennsylvania that's where our next show play that we're headed after is the eagle there in south texas and uh we've got a quite a few customers identified that we're currently working with in other show plays that have asked us to to come and so anytime you get invited into a new show play is a lot better than just blindly going so we're uh we're looking forward to that as well
1: and before we go uh i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you about your your moonlighting days your other company that um you and your wife also do kind of on the side so I, i like to give you guys a plug for that as long as i got you on the phone how's how's the um second income and the and the jobs and, and that's sort of the moonlighting going you guys still doing that other side thing
4: yeah yeah so that is our rental company and so uh, it's a uh, it's growing um, we've got a lot of great customers that we're working with and uh, we're very blessed to have them and we're expanding that our product line there and it's going be it's going be great when our new products hit the market here hopefully by the end of q2 but it, it may be q3 as well. And uh, um, I think a a lot of customers are going to be happy. They're going to see that they're going to have a a cost reduction on their completions and uh, be very satisfied.
1: All right. Stephen Robbins, Royal Creek Consulting, is our guest. He's kind of our boots on the ground uh, out there. He's talking to quite a few people that are not only working the day-to-day jobs that are out in the rigs and the wells, but also up in the offices. So, um Go ahead and give yourself uh, kind of some information, contact information, in case anybody wants to get in touch with you and and that sort of thing, that if they want to utilize your services or just find out what the heck is going on in Shale Play USA. So go ahead and uh, give out your information. Absolutely.
4: So we can be reached on LinkedIn. We have a company profile there, Royal Creek Consulting, or you can reach myself, uh, Stephen Robbins or April Robbins on LinkedIn. We also have a Facebook presence as well. But um, if you prefer a more direct form of contact, you may uh, call me on my cell phone at 540-742-1291. And our email, we can be reached at srobbins at royalcreekconsulting.com.
1: And that was Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consulting. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit com. That's thecrudelife.com. Dot com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitters, and the YouTubes. All those social media links are available at CrudeLife.com and click on the Social Media tab. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe.
2: Well, I was 23 when George said goodbye yeah I was born on the first day of my
0: Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota, meridianenergygroupinc.com. Jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the Bakken.
1: I totally agree with you and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with Wayne Christian with the Railroad Commission of Texas. It's
3: Wayne Christian, Texas Railroad Commissioner.
1: Appreciate you coming on the program here very quickly with us today and uh, discussing pretty serious issue in in our opinion. And then I saw a headline to where you somewhat agree with what we've pretty much adapted as a mission here, which is there's a very large percentage, like 70% of the oil and gas industry that's going to be retiring. And to be honest, they're a little bit scared because of the new worker coming in may not have quite the respect and the Understanding of the industry that has been built, how it's been built, and the direction that it is going. So, when I saw this headline, Texas regulator says misunderstanding is making millennials shun oil and gas jobs, that's a layer that I had never thought of before. And so, we wanted to make sure we brought in Mr. Wayne Christian to talk a little bit more about his perception when it comes to that greater. Let's, let's call it, you know, the elephant in the room in the oil and gas industry. So uh, with that context, uh, Mr. Wayne Christian, how are you doing today?
3: Doing great. Hard to be with you this morning.
1: Well, I appreciate you coming on. And, um, you know, without getting into the, you know, loaded double barrel question here out of the gate, but uh, what, what did you make of my context of your representation on today's program and just kind of the issue as a whole?
3: Yeah, you're exactly right. And what's, what's a second part that's scary, not only about the, the lack of employment in our current industry, but also a tremendous opportunity for the young people and, and frankly all people in the state of Texas because number three, we're about to experience not just the maintenance of the industry that's at risk, but we're about to experience the largest boom literally in the history of Texas in the oil and gas industry. We have got the largest find of oil and gas in the history of the world in Midland, Texas. It's it's phenomenal. Billions of dollars worth of oil and gas have been discovered there less than a year ago. And these opportunities, we have two refineries being built. We have a, a plastics plant being built down in Corpus Christi. We have the largest number of pipelines in history. Our ports are turning to mega ports. We have three LNG facilities being built along the coast. All that's under construction as we speak, and yet we don't have the employees even to maintain the industry. 70%
1: of the drilling is projected to come out of the Permian Basin over the next 20 years just to validate some of the things that you're talking about. And by the way, that's just under current technology. As technology increases, that is going to change the scale once again, which actually is going to ramp it up more than anything because it'll allow them to extract at a lower price, be more efficient, et cetera, et cetera. You mentioned the jobs that is another thing we've been tracking with our program here, the uh, crude life, because these guys ain't slinging chains anymore. This is a different worker. And there's two issues at hand here. One is as we enter the artificial intelligence age, there's a little bit more of the cube worker, the office worker, than, say, the old slinging chains roughneck guy. But on the flip side of that, and getting back to the original uh, uh, thesis, if you will, the original issue. These jobs have changed to the tune to where some of these guys who are now working in the industry, and I'll even get into the Gen X people, because maybe they transferred industry over. They haven't even been on the well site before, and now they're making decisions within the oil and gas industry. Are you seeing that at all? And can you comment about the evolution of the
3: jobs? Well, of course, the evolution of the jobs is there's a lot of the science that we've got to, to go ahead to that hard stuff from this for sure, and that's unless one's pure ass and halfway because we have a small problem of the computer or, uh, of the tech container while known to safety of for increased production. But the current job opportunity is not only the increased in like and close take care of labor jobs, the technical skill jobs, the super high tech jobs is a vast expansion of the need for those with the expansion of the oil and gas industry. So jobs at every level, of every level of expertise are going to be in demand. And, frankly, the single issue that has dissuaded people from wanting to work in the oil and gas industry is, uh, and, and this is the best way I can express it, is the false scientifically non-proven science of the environmental extremists saying that oil and gas is somehow like tobacco, and it's dirty, and it's limited, which is absolutely, there's nothing perfect on planet Earth like to tell people. There's pluses and minuses to everything. But I think we've not, we've not understood, we've not even stopped and considered the positives and the minuses to oil and gas. Let me give you a couple of facts real quickly. Just real quickly, uh, oil and gas, it takes... Uh, 56 cents we get uh, I'm sorry 64 cents per megawatt of electricity is what the government uh, subsidy is the taxpayers subsidy to keep the industry within uh, 64 cents for wind it's 700 times that for solar it's 1200 times that let take production is this a free market equal level playing field between oil gas and solar and wind well it takes 40,000 acres of windmills to create one megawatt of electricity, for the same amount it takes 10,000 acres of solar, for the same amount it takes 12.5 acres of natural gas. And every country that is industrialized on planet earth is far cleaner and healthier than every non-industrialized country. The The most pollution created, let's just take for example coal, coal seems to be the most Dirty, heinous thing that's presented in the media and by some of the, the, uh, uh, the non, uh, non-educated in the field, actually. The coal is supposed to be the dirty, you always see the people black coming out of the ground. Do you realize that if you choose between coal, wind, and solar, the cleanest to the environment, the less harmful to the environment of their raw material development is coal? Rare earth metals are used for wind and for solar. And rare earth metals are only developed in two countries, South Africa and China. And it's so polluting and harmful to the environment that no other nation on Earth will allow it. And these are just some of the facts that people just need to consider when they understand they have dissuaded our young people and all ages from participating in this industry called oil and gas, which has made mankind safer, live longer, and better financially.
1: Well, let me ask you this then, because I do think you're bringing up a very serious issue. And I used to joke at the protesters because, you know, for for one, we'd laugh because a lot of protesters will drive to an oil and gas protest in their cars. And they will use plastic and they've got Keurigs in their office and yada yada type thing. But when they got into the iPad generation, you know. You're dealing with silver, you're dealing with lithium, you're dealing with some major mining here. And those reclamation programs are nothing like the oil and gas world of reclamation. I mean, it doesn't take, go, go look at a lithium mine sometime and see what, see what they look like when they're done. So I kind of chuckle at those things because of those reasons you brought up. Uh, you know, a lot of the raw materials that go into the things that we necessarily think are environmentally sound are not so environmentally sound. And then when I look at the whole climate change of things, that discussion is really difficult to have because it's like it's been decided already. And I have yet to see any science on what the weather is going to be like next week. So don't tell me how it's going to be in a thousand years. You can't even figure out next week. I use an example myself when I'm talking about the Paris Treaty. If the
3: weatherman can't tell me what's going to be the weather tomorrow for sure, how the heck is he telling me by 2050 we're going to decrease the temperature of planet Earth by one half a degree by spending $78 trillion? Some of this stuff is insane that we accept, and the science is just not
1: there. Mr. Wayne Christian, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause, and when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Wayne Christian, the Railroad Commission of Texas. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Oh, oh,
0: Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet. The Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Inc.com. Jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the Bakken.
1: I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts.
0: Welcome
1: back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Wayne Christian, the Railroad Commission of Texas.
3: Some of this stuff is insane that we accept, and the science is just not there uh, against oil and gas to the level that it's been prevented. Uh, just take real, real facts, actually, uh, 1,900... Texas, Texas in 1900. Average age was about 45. It was the most, many children died before age nine. Uh, you the number one, two, the number two causes of environmental deaths were starvation when the crops didn't come in, it was too dry, and freezing to death during the winter. Move ahead to our day and time. People no longer starve to death. We have no obesity problem. Uh, we no longer freeze to death during the winter. We have, we grind because the thermostat is either too hot or too cold. Uh, the average age spend, I spend is now 75 and growing instead of 45. And almost all of that is due to oil, gas, and coal, the development of the Industrial Revolution. There used to be plagues that hit planet Earth back in 1900, killing thousands of people worldwide. We've almost wiped those out by chemicals, prescription drugs that have been developed from petroleum. So, yes, there are positives and minuses, but the pluses are so far ahead for the fossil fuel industry, which I, I always enjoy people saying, well, it's not natural, it's uh, not green. I'm thinking, what could be more green than a bunch of dinosaurs and plants dead thousands of feet below planet Earth? That's totally natural, totally green, and that's what produces oil, gas, coal.
1: So how, how does the conversation get to that point? I mean, because for me, trying to have... Just a a baseline intelligent conversation is very difficult because you bring up climate change and just the discussion that we had, for example, about you can't definitively tell me what the climate's going to be like next week or next month, but yet you can definitively tell me how it's going to be in 100 years. Okay, that is not a logical discussion, but yet we as a society apparently have decided how the narrative is already gone. I, I'm. I'm. How do we get to that in a world of social media? How do we combat that? The only thing that I can do is, you know, appreciate when people like you come on our program to help have these these rational, civil discussions. But it almost seems like the the civilized are falling behind for the extremists, and honesty is almost viewed as a weakness in today's society. how how, how do we take that back? I guess in a social media world where. It just seems to be going backwards.
3: I think what we've lost is, is a term called integrity. People expect integrity from their leadership, from their teachers, from just people who decide to have integrity. Integrity is two parts. There is morality, which is not doing things wrong. And I believe we as a society are pretty good at not going out. and The, the average on the street tries to do what's right. Really does. But the other part of integrity is character. Character is having the courage to do what is right even when it may not be particularly uh, popular. And I think we have not had the character in our society to say the truth because we would be laughed at, looked down upon, because, frankly, uh, one side of this argument has captured the, the bully pulpit and has told us that oil and gas is terrible, the environment is going to, you know, we're in a bread basket. And you can look at the history. The, the uh, extremists in the environmental movement have said that the global... Look back at Time Magazine. You go back to about 1973, and you'll see the coming ice age. Then it moved up another four years, you'll see a Time Magazine cover about where we're going to freeze that. Then, just three years later, it was global warming arrived. Then we had another cover, it was global warming. Then, all of a sudden, a ship got stuck in South Antarctica by a bunch of professors that were measuring algors melting icebergs. On Christmas Day, 2013, they got frozen in measuring the melting ice. And we had to send a destroyer in there, an icebreaker, to get them out. They did it again about four months ago. A bunch of them went down and got frozen again. And then so they changed the argument from global warming to uh, climate change and started measuring CO2. Well, then technology developed this opportunity down in Houston that I was at the plant that opened up. Governor, uh, Governor Perry, Secretary Perry, and uh, Governor Abbott were both there. I was, I was honored to be there. And they... They, what they, what it is is the fact that it takes the CO2 under a coal plant down in Houston, pumps it out my pipeline to an oil and gas field, injects it in the earth, increases the production by seven times, and all of a sudden have uh, the emission destruction of 90% of the CO2. Well, now they don't have CO2 when it's developed. And what you'll find consistently, back to your, your question, what's happened is that the environmental extremists in all of their models these past histories, they never factor one slight item in that they're missing. It's called human technology. And human technology is the difference between us and the dogs. I mean, literally, it's mankind, when we see a problem, we want to fix it. For example, most of our cities 20 years ago had fog or uh, smog alerts, and there'll be days that you get you to stay in your house. Well, all of a sudden, I'm sitting in Austin, Texas right now, and we have pollen alerts. We don't have smog alerts, why Because technology cleaned it up. And that's what we're not considering when we accept the uh, political incorrectness, the half-truth, the non-scientific-based information that you hear from these environmental extremists. And that's what's making people hesitate working in the oil and gas business, is because they do not understand the full truth the facts that the world is a better place, and that the oil and gas industry has made
1: it better. Wayne Christian joining us here on the program today, and uh, appreciate the time, uh, giving us a little bit more than we asked for, so I appreciate that very much. Just kind of final thoughts here a little bit. What kind of, to summarize, and just uh, some final thoughts on bridging that information gap, even... Amongst the industry, you know, so the people that are retiring to the people that are entering and and in the middle there, what advice or what information do you have for those people that we need to bridge the information gap to?
3: I think a lot of the workers, a lot of the executives, a lot of the owners and uh, corporate uh, presidents and vice presidents of our oil and gas companies, both little, small, big, uh, major and minor, need to have integrity. Need to have the character to stand up and tell the truth publicly. We need these oil and gas companies to stop putting uh, windmills and solar panels on the front of their television commercials as if there's some answer to the problem. But they are defending and fighting against the themselves, committing suicide. They are not having integrity because they're not telling their shareholders the truth when they don't tell them the facts that the short term financing or Uh, windmills and solar panels that are majorly funded by government or citizens' tax dollars are detrimental to the long-term returns on their investments. And so they're not telling them the truth because it's unpopular to do so. Our politicians continue to fund 1,200 times our money into industries that cannot compete with oil and gas. And for us to do that, we need to have the integrity to stand up in public venues and express the truth. At this point, Just like a lot of political correctness, we've chosen not to, and I think that's the big danger in our society, not to give the full scientific truth to this issue.
1: And that was Wayne Christian with the Railroad Commission of Texas. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter, even the YouTubes. All those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. And that's going to do it for today's episode of the Multimedia Cafe. We'd like to thank Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consulting, as well as Wayne Christian with the Railroad Commission of Texas for being our guests on today's program. From the staff of the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice.
2: To save. he is mighty. Save forever, author of salvation, heroes, and conquer the grave, Jesus. Conquer the grave, shine your light and let the whole world sing, singing for the glory of the risen King, Jesus. Shine your light and let the whole world sing. Sing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. And conquer the grave Jesus, conquer the grave, shine your light and let the whole world see. Sing in for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. Sing in for the glory of the risen King. God is mighty to save He is mighty to save Forever Author of salvation Heroes and conquer the grave Jesus conquer the grave You're my Savior You can move the mountains God you are mighty to save You are mighty to day forever, author of salvation, you rose and come.